Hello and welcome to Spiraling Upwards, where we are in pursuit of real holiness of life as a daily response to grace in the companionship of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the love of God the Father. I am Father Robert Healy, and I am delighted to welcome you to Episode 3. Today we will be talking about conversation with God. How to get to know Him. How to spend time with Him. And to make that time something which gives us an actual knowledge of God, not just knowledge about Him. Last week we spoke about knowing God and loving God, and how the more we get to know God, the more we will love Him. And how knowing God, the knowledge of God, is in some sense of a mutual thing has to be. Because unlike studying a plant, or studying a rock, or studying a cliffside, or you know, magnets, or some various different things. There are all sorts of things that we study in the, in the physical world, but they don't know us. They are not studying us back. If I'm, if I'm, I've got two of those, you know, hematite magnets that, that kind of, you drop them and they go, you know what I'm talking about? They're very interesting, but they don't find me interesting. (laughs) If I've got one of those what is it? Newton's cradle? What is it called? Where you go, click, 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 and I take the two balls and... Well, it doesn't find me interesting. It's not wanting to learn about me because I'm learning about what it's doing. The, the reality of getting to know someone is that the more you're getting to know them, the more you're aware of their knowledge of you. In fact, it reveals a lot about yourself when you get to know somebody else. When I have a friend, that friend becomes a great friend, really, because that friend knows me to such a degree that I, that I begin to know things about myself. And so I want that friend to know me in order to, not just to be known or something, but that I might even know myself better. And in that process of getting to know each other, uh, it builds uh, something very strong, something very personal. Well, I think that there are a lot of people whose idea of getting to know God or knowing things about God, and even maybe the whole Christian life, they think it's, uh, it's simply like uh, you know reading God's Facebook page and seeing the things that he's up to, and, oh, well, that's really interesting. You know, it just it looks like he wrote this, and he, and he did that, and he saved these people from this place, and he's, uh, he's been in, involved in here. You know, it's all facts, and the facts are good. It's not like we're discrediting those. When I want to get to know someone, I do ask him questions like, you know, what do you like to read? What sort of food do you like? What's your favorite movie? Well, you know, have you ever... Have you ever uh, played this sport or have you ever gone to this place have you ever seen this have you ever read that we ask questions but it's not because i want to just compare myself with this person what a silly conversation would be uh think about this imaginary conversation hi what's your name my name is so and so what's your name my name is so and so uh what kind of book do you like to read i like uh i like writing adventure novels really that's so dumb. I hate adventure novels. <laughs> How that the conversation would end <laughs> right there. If the whole point of asking a question like, oh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? 
uh, you know, chocolate ice cream. Yuck! <laughs> was just simply to express some opinion about it. We would, uh, that's not why we ask these questions. We don't. If you have a young man and a young woman who really like each other, they ask each other all sorts of questions. Have you ever done this? Do you know this? Blah, 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 blah. But the reason they ask those questions is not just to see whether the other person agrees with the question uh, and would answer the question the way they would answer it. I think most of the time, the question is almost an excuse just to be with that person. Just an excuse to uh, find out something very interesting about someone I find very interesting. And hoping that by my interest... In this person, that person is interested in me. This is really at the heart of, of, a, of any relationship. I'm studying a rock or I'm studying a magnet. The magnet doesn't find me interesting, but I am not only interested in the person that I'm getting to know on an intimate level, that person is also interested in me. And that's part of what's so fascinating about interpersonal relationships, right? So if we're going to get to know God, it can't simply be me sitting in a chair reading books about him or scoping it through the internet, getting to know various different things. On the most um, heartfelt level, if I want to get to know God, I want to get to know him. I want him to tell me things about himself. I want to know what makes him tick. I want to know what he thinks about things because I really want to spend time with him and to build an acquaintance that is uh, even revealing to me about myself. I don't want to just sit in an armchair and devise things about him. Uh, That would be even worse. And so any idea of religion uh, as being something where, you know, it's a a mere, you know, logical analysis of of various different ideas. Well, if if there is a world, there must be a God, and if there is a God, then he must be like this, and and if he is like that, then we can't uh, imagine he would possibly do this. So I've devised this whole schema of what God must be like, but I've never actually met him. And there, I think there are a lot of people, and it may be you, you know, maybe you're, you are listening to this and you think that that's how God... Well, let me give you a wonderful bit of exciting news. God wants to be known by you and me. And he wants to share his love for you and to be known and loved in a mutual thing. This is what we talked about last week. We got into how knowledge and love of someone is a, is a mutual thing, getting to know someone. But we still have this question. We still have this difficulty. How do I get into conversation with God when... That, uh, you know, God is invisible to my eyes, and he's, I can't hear him with my, with my bodily ears. People say, do you hear God speak to you? Yes. Well, how? I never, I never hear it. I always silence myself, and I'm really quiet when I try to come to pray, and to get, but, but I never hear his voice. And that's because they're quieting themselves down and listening to the motorcycles driving past outside the, you know, the room they're in or to the ticking of the clock and they're hoping that they're going to hear a voice. Um, is that wrong? Is it wrong to have such a hope? I would say no. It's immature, right? It's not that that's wrong. It's absolutely right. We want to hear God's voice. But what we're not seeing is that 
God has a special way of communicating to us. And so what our faith teaches us is that God wants to reveal himself to us. It's not just that he wants us, that, that we want to know things about him, that he wants to communicate himself to us because he knows us intimately and he loves us unfathomably. That's why we even exist. I am here because of a deliberate act of God's love. This is what we talked about last week. God is so lovable that he loves us to the point of making us. And he didn't love us because he met us. He loves us and so he made us so that he could meet us. It's like having, having, uh, wanting, to, wanting to love someone and making that someone so you can love them. <laughs> well, you only do that because you already love said person. This is, this is God's, uh, the wonderful nature of God's love for us. So if I want to be in conversation with God, I've got to get myself somehow dislodged from the idea that knowing God is equivalent to reading his Instagram posts or his Facebook page or, or simply, uh, um, you know, fiddling along around on the internet and searching, Google searching and finding out fun facts about God. Oh, isn't that interesting? He inspired all these uh, people to write books of the Bible. Uh, oh, isn't that interesting? Um, he has communicated to us. He's communicated to us. And the word communion and the word communication are deeply linked because they both have have the word union and and the, the prefix cum or cum, which is with. And to find union with someone, when I communicate myself to another person, when I give them a clue into who I am, it's an act of trust, an entrustment of myself to that person. And I'm not going to do that just with any stranger. Someone walks in, there would be probably something wrong with me if the first person who just walked in to... Uh, uh, you know, Walmart, and I'm standing there at the door, I just want to blurt out all of the personal things about my life. They'd be like, oh, can, I'm just here to get coffee. Can you please not? <laughs> it would be very odd, right? Everyone knows this would be very odd because we don't really want to tell people the deepest, uh, most personal things about us unless we trust that they're not going to hurt us. And, and they, don't want to, they don't want the whole story until they know, um, until they know us, right? That there's something about uh, this communication that's deeply personal. So even in God's desire to reveal himself to us, he's not going to just do it one big kind of vomiting all over us. You know, he's, he's going to do it bit by bit because he knows us and he loves us. But he knows that at the start, in a sense, he's kind of a stranger. And he needs to draw us into that knowledge. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's not that I'm simply spinning my wheels here and creating some idea of God. We see this stamped in the scriptures again and again and again, God revealing himself. And uh, even all the way up until into the Gospels, we find that our Lord is uh, revealing himself little by little. To the crowds, he speaks in parables. Why? Because he knows them, and he knows their fickleness, and he knows that he's not, they're not ready to get everything. They're not ready to hear everything. 
But on the deepest level, we desire, I think, to know God the way Andrew and John get to know Jesus on the first day they meet him. We look at the first chapter of St. John's Gospel, we find that John the Baptist has two disciples, and we're actually told later on in the passage that one of them is Andrew, and from the kind of intimate details of the story, like, oh, it's about four o'clock, you know, the tenth hour of the day, we we can survive, surmise what the Church has always um, had the the teaching of, that the second of these two disciples is John himself, the evangelist. And here's the here's the bit. It's in First John, uh, John chapter one, verse thirty five and following. The next day after this, John was standing there again with two of his disciples and watching Jesus as he walked by. He said, "Look, this is the Lamb of God." The two disciples heard him say it, and they followed Jesus, turning and seeing them follow him. Jesus asked, What would you have of me? Rabbi, they said, a word which means master, where dost thou live? He said to them, Come and see. So they went and saw where he lived, and they stayed with him all the rest of the day from about the tenth hour onwards. Where dost thou live? Come and see. This is so much better than reading someone's Facebook posts or trying to get some basic knowledge of who this person is by scanning uh, the internet for any reference to them. It's getting to going where they live. And I think this is the heart of what we're longing for when we say, I want to have conversation with God. It's not just that I want to uh, uh, read things that he's written, and have him read things that I've written. It said, I want to be speaking with him in person, in a place that, uh, that is very much his home, and to, and to be long there with him. And so conversation with God is necessarily something voluntary, and it's necessarily a communication on every level with God. It's coming into our Lord's presence and saying, Lord, where are you? Where do you live? And listening to him say, I want to live with you. I want to be with you. I want to be close to you. I want you to know me and I want to know you. Um, Not just as I know you in an exhaustive sort of way that God knows all of us because he made us, but also to know one in another in that personal way that is formed through uh, the conversations and the activities of friendship. And so I'd like to encourage all of us today, simply what we're going after today is simply to say, it must be possible because God has such a desire to reveal himself to us. We see it all over the scriptures. We see constantly this reference to, you will be my people and I will be your God. Oh, my people, I will I will make you rise from your graves and and, you know, then then you will know that I'm one true God. It, all the communication that comes to us through the scriptures is, a, is intended to draw us into the person and the personal cl- closeness with God. And I think that this becomes a wonderful clue for getting uh, to know God and everything we've been talking about, knowing God in order to love him. 
Today, we would simply want to say, conversation with God in, in this voluntary communication with Him is and must be possible, or all that we believe as Christians is useless hearsay. If, if I'm not capable of knowing God, then my heart is forever going to be yearning and wishing that, uh, that I could have been, you know, that I had some way to get to know him. And all the way up until the coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord was revealing himself bit by bit to his people and filling that desire more and more and more until coming among us as one of us he could speak to us with his own words. And it's not so that he, we can just be jealous of the apostles. It's so that we might realize that in and through their testimony and through the sacred scriptures and through the time that we are capable of having in prayer, and we'll get into this some more next week. What we're going to do next week is talk about how to prepare ourselves for prayer so that when God comes to reveal himself to us, we are able to, we're able to hear him. And so I'd simply, simply like to uh, close this podcast today by reading to you a little bit from the third chapter of First Kings, or First Samuel, depending on your edition. And, uh, if your edition of the Bible has one, two, and three, and four kings, um, that's the equivalent of First, Second Samuel and First, Second Kings. Sometimes it's a confusion, but doesn't need to be a confusion. So in chapter three of First Samuel, or or First Kings, if you have four books of Kings in your Bible, uh, we are told that Samuel had never heard the divine voice. Chapter 3. In those days when Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli's care, a message from the Lord was a rare treasure. He would not openly reveal himself. One night, Eli lay down to rest where he was wont to lie, his eyes dim now with age and sightless, and Samuel was asleep there in the divine presence where God's ark was, with the sacred lamp with the sacred lamp still burning. And the Lord's call came to Samuel. I am coming, he answered, then ran to find Eli, and said, I am here at thy summons. Nay, said he, I never summoned thee, go back and lie down again. So he went so back he went, and fell asleep. Then the Lord called Samuel again, and again he rose up, and went to Eli to answer his summons. But still no summons had been given, and he must go back to sleep again. Till then Samuel was a stranger to the divine voice. The Lord had not made any revelation to him. And when a third time the persistent call came, and Samuel went to Eli, still ready at his command, Eli recognized at last whose voice it was the boy had heard. Go back to sleep, he told Samuel, and if the voice comes again, do thou answer, Speak on, Lord, thy servant is listening. And Samuel went back to his bed and fell asleep. And the Lord came to his side and stood there waiting. Then, as before, he called him twice by name. And Samuel answered, Speak on, Lord, thy servant is listening. We're all made. We're all made to hear the voice of God. And how we go about that, we'll get into that. But right now, I simply want to encourage you. If you feel like Samuel and you haven't heard the voice of God, and you, he hasn't made any revelation to you. That's not because it's not possible. It might be because he wants you to say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. 